Whether you're reading it for the first time or the hundredth, you will always find something new within the words of John's Gospel. While simultaneously being the easiest to read for new believers, the Gospel of John is a beautifully woven masterpiece loaded with deep theological insight that only the closest of Jesus' followers could express. In this book, we'll explore many themes like light versus darkness, life and death, and what it means to be born again. As stated by John, the purpose of his gospel is to convince the readers that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that if you believe in him, you will have eternal life. Join us as we embark on our journey through John's gospel. My name is Pastor Aaron. And I'm Pastor Leon. And we'd like to welcome you to Calvary's Compass. Alrighty. We are diving into chapter 15 today, episode 22, chapter 15. Uh, last time we talked about that uh, Jesus is um, one saying that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that he prepares the highway for us and he comes back to get us, um, which is a wonderful uh, picture of the Good Shepherd and, and all that other stuff. Um, today, we are going to be talking about another I am statement that Jesus had, and that is, I am the true vine. And um, there's going to be some common misconceptions that some translations read that's not not a very good translation, and we're going to kind of dive into that today and kind of break apart what what John is saying, and I think what what God is saying to us in this moment. Um, and as always, the best way to get started, as we know, is just to start reading. So verse chapter 15, verse 1 says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Now, the vine that Jesus is talking about in this context is a grapevine. He's talking about a grapevine that produces uh, grapes, which will be crushed to produce wine. So if you look at the Greek translation, it doesn't necessarily say true vine. He's talking about a, um, a, a, um, yeah, a, a grapevine. And so he says, I am, the, I am the true vine, the grapevine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, being God, takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, the very interesting part that um, that I stumbled upon when I was doing my research here, um, the Greek word for takes away, because he says the, the, that those that do not bear fruit, God takes away. The Greek word for takes away is actually iro, which means to lift up to raise up, to set on an anchor, but it also, you know, in some translations means to take away. But if you look at it from that connotation and context, we see God not as cutting off something something and throwing it away. We see him as actually taking it and propping it and raising it up so that way it can bear more fruit. See, what would happen is in the in the ancient Jewish times, the 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 vines that would droop and would not produce fruit um he, the, the vine dresser would actually take and and position and tie to a stake mm. and put it in a position where it gets plenty of sunlight and pr- plenty of moisture so that way it eventually will start producing fruit so it's a picture of not him cutting off and taking away but him actually lifting up to the point where it gets nurture and care 
Well, it still coincides with the leaving the 99 for the one. Yeah. Because if he's not cut, taken away, but he is taking it and positioning it maybe a, in a place where, like you said, that yeah. the sun is being received and all those great things. Right. Then he is he is concerned about the well-being of the vine, the branch. Yeah. And so as long as God p- puts us in the position to receive, I mean, that's, you know, that's that, you know, the care of the shepherd yeah, and still corresponding with the shepherd, you know, you know, he, if, you know, the analogy if a sheep wanders off, the shepherd would break the leg, but carry it over yeah. his shoulder till yep. it heals again. Yep. <clears throat> and that's what God's doing in this passage of the vine. He's putting it in a position of healing. Yeah, I mean he's he's raising it up. Right. He's like and and see this is this is where the church has gotten it wrong because you're like, you know, well if God's not going to if if you're not producing fruit then God's going to cut you off. But but notice it says every branch that is in me mm-hmm. that's in me that right. doesn't produce fruit I'm going to do this for it. He's not going to cut you off and take no. you away. You're mm-hmm. the only person that can cut you off from God. Right. God doesn't cut us off from him. We cut ourselves off from God. So in this context, then, this this word, Iro, is him lifting up the ones that are not producing fruit and positioning them in a place to maximize growth. Wow. So he, he basically li- lifts up the weak. Mm-hmm. He said, the Bible says that when we are weak, he'll make us strong, poor, mm. rich. And it's not just in a natural sense of monetary things, but there are some things that we are lacking of that God makes sure yeah. that we are receiving the proper things that produces growth in us. Growth and nurture, positioning in the sun. Yeah. That word positioning is yeah. important. Yeah. Because once you're positioned in the SON sun, yeah. Then there becomes life, and then goes mm-hmm. fruit, we have, and, right? Yep. Abundant life through Christ. Yep, He gives us the life we need, and that's and that's the thing. It's like this verse has been so taught completely wrong, because you know, well, you better produce fruit, or else God's going to cut you off and throw you into the fire. No, that's not what it's saying. It's 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 Him positioning you. In a place to bear fruit. And guess what? Every branch, and this is continuing in verse 2, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That way it can bear more fruit. So right now in the first two verses, it's not talking about God, you know, taking things away. It's talking about maximizing the growth in the ones who are not producing fruit and the ones who are producing fruit so that we both can produce more fruit together. Well, we, um, in our house... um we planted trees, and we're going to continue planting more trees until our whole yard's filled with trees. Yeah. Uh, love natural shade. Yeah. Um, but um, there's these two identical trees we planted in the entrance of the side of our house. Mm-hmm. And um, these particular trees, though the same height, the same birth of when it was, you know, matured at the same degree. I mean, we checked it. <clears throat> and when we planted it at the same time, we planted it the same way. Right. Uh, this this year alone, this is the second year of this one particular tree of the two. Um, we had a strong storm to come through that really, I mean, we uh, we unpinned the um, 
I guess this the the, the, the wooden stakes. The wooden stakes, thank you. Yeah. The wooden stakes that held them together because they were strong enough at the time. But the wind came in for this one particular tree and just whipped it around mm-hmm. in circles back to back, side to side. And, and of course, uh, my wife and I were looking at it and we were examining it. We're like, we're concerned about it. And all of a sudden, as a few days later, we started seeing the growth kind of stall in it as well as with the other trees right. growing healthy and strong. And so we had to stake it. Yeah. We had to restake it, retie it, nurture it. We mm. actually had to put a stake by by the bark of the tree so that it can ha- create a firmness. You had to anchor it. And anchor it in a firmness within it so it can grow again. And so what You I rode it. Right. So yeah. so that's that's, the word. Yep. Yeah, I rode. And so what that's what God is doing. When the weak part of you the weakest part of you, God wants to reposition, reposition it. it for strength. Yeah, to bear fruit. Right. And, and you know, the first two verses, man, it just speaks so much volumes to me because his, his job is not to take anything away. Right. It, it, it's, it's to position both ones that don't bear fruit and ones that do bear fruit right. in positions to bear more fruit. That's that's such a beautiful picture to me because, like, you know, I know probably you're the same, but I've always been taught that, you know, if you're not going to bear fruit, then God's going to just snip you and throw right. you into the, you know, to the fire. It's totally awesome. And, and it's just like, it's like totally backwards to what the text is actually saying. And like, I blame, I blame that on, on the people who translate, who translated the Bible. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's not their fault because, you know, the Greek word has many different meanings. But like when you look at it in the context of the rest of the gospel, this makes so much more sense. Because right. if Jesus is love, why would he not continue to give people more chances to produce fruit? And so we, we've heard this teaching now recently, um, which contradicts how I was raised and how I raised you in. When God's, God's transitioning our thought yeah, pattern. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and so when, when you consider the fact that, you know, on the line of judgment, we, we, you know where we're going yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. On the line of judgment, our our plans or ideas of how God's judgment and wrath comes is totally different than His intentions. Yeah. And and you know today, after all the events that has happened in the past two years, you know you know you hear believers talk about God's judgment, God's wrath, God's judgment, God's wrath. But see, really in reality, God's judgment is to save, not yeah. to destroy. Right. Hundred percent agree. Which is totally opposite of the concept of what the church has, has been teaching for teaching, centuries. Yeah. Look at the Book of Judges. Anytime the Israelites called out for help, cried out for help, God, God raised, raised up a judge. A, yes, to not kill Israel, but to save them from the slavery and the bondage. Thus, now brings in mind the concept of why God allows us to go through things we go through. Yeah. Because he, it's meant for us to call on the true Savior. And this is probably a poor analogy, but but I'm going to use it anyways. If, you, if you've never seen Pirates of the Caribbean 3, uh, um, it's such a good movie. At great World's movie. End. Um, um, but um, there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where they're persecuting the pirates. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're in, in the line to be executed. Right. Um, through, the, through hanging. And... Um, um, this one kid, you know, yeah. it starts singing the pirate song, yeah. right? And and um, the one the one guy comes up to the commander, commander, uh, I forget his name, but he comes up to the commander and he's like, "Sir, they've started to sing." He says, "Finally," 
he was he was waiting for that to happen right um and so it's almost like israel did that to themselves right you know they made they, poor they choices. put themselves into slavery into exile because right. of their choices right but eventually they started crying out to god and and and, and, and you know crying for god to rescue them and, and he did right he's like finally you're, you're it's about time it's about time it's all about you know the things we face. So there, you understand nothing's out of God's control, right? And nothing is. Catches but He God still by gives surprise. us the free will to Correct. choose our direction and path in life. Correct. He's not going to twist your arm, and make you do something. No, because then we'd be robots, and He, right? You know what, yeah. what's the purpose? Yeah, there's no purpose in that because you know God created us to have free will to Correct. choose. Correct. Um, and so you know He gives us that choice, right? And that's the beauty of salvation, whether it hurts us or not. Right. That's the beauty of salvation. Salvation's a free choice. We choose to serve God. We choose to live our life. We choose to even to remain in covenant with Him through our daily life decisions right. of serving Him. Just yeah. to say I'm a Christian doesn't mean you're a Christian, right? <clears throat> but to say I'm I'm a follower of Christ, then your actions are the proof yeah. of your decision making. I mean, I think we should even get strive to get to a point where we don't even have to say, say that it. we're Christians. I agree just people 100%. can see it from our presence in the room, you know? I think too many people are professing Christianity but not living Christianity. And and look, here's the thing. This is where the kicker is. When you say Christianity, in fact, <clears throat> the tr- the traumatic experience of yeah. religion of itself of Christianity right. has now deflected many people to follow Christ. We are not Christians; we are followers. Which which breaks God's commandment, right? It says it says um, the second commandment is do not bear the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. You know, but but people take it as you know, don't say. The GD word, right? It's not talking about well, it that. It doesn't it's, sound nice anyway. No, no right? but but I mean, I mean, obviously on the surface level, right. level it's talk, but it's 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 got deeper meaning to that. It's like if you're saying that you're a Christian, you know, your fruit better line up with it because right. you're representing His name, and you have and His. And we talked about this in the Mark of the Beast, yeah, uh, um, podcast, uh, yeah. where God places His seal on us, right. Right. He puts His name on us, and so we have to carry His name properly. And, 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 and those of us who are out there that are not carrying his name properly, we're giving God a bad name, a bad reputation, because his reputation on earth is through us right now. Right. Well, even in Matthew 7 talks about they will know you by your fruits. Yeah. So, so if, if, if you are a believer, we're going to go beyond the name title Christian if you're a true blue follower, follower of Jesus Christ, disciple, disciple. in fact, that's the better word. Great term to use. Because if you're a disciple, then you need to be able to be discipled. That means there is a constant learning process that has to happen. Christianity is just a title. It doesn't identify who you are. Yeah, I don't identify myself as a Christian anymore. A follower. A disciple of Jesus. A disciple of Christ, a true follower. That means you deny yourself Take up your cross and, and follow. follow. Denying yourself doesn't mean that you have to purposely live in poverty. No. Denying yourself doesn't mean that you have to neglect the fun parts of life that you need no. to enjoy that God's provided. Nope, because he provided it for a reason. Right. Meaning denying yourself is no longer choosing your way and your mm-hmm. will, but yeah. choosing God's. Mm-hmm. So you're going to deny pleasing yourself. Right. But you and now... find pleasure in pleasing the Father. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the whole fundamental part of being a follower of Christ. They know you by your fruits. What is right. your fruits? What are you bearing? Right. 
Right. You can either bear bad ones or good ones. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And you can even bear false fruits because there are there are fruits, certain kind of berries and fruits that are poisonous that you shouldn't be eating. Yeah. So what well, are I mean, you bearing? I think that's the ones that, that go up there and say, well, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this in your name? Correct. You know, we'll depart. I never knew you. Right. You know, you have false motives, false intentions. That Therefore, your fruits were poisonous to other people. Right. Because not only did you help them up, but then you talked bad about them behind their back. Right. You know, so to speak. And that's not being a and true that's not, follower. No, no, it's not. And it's hard. I mean, it's difficult. But like, yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I mean, God is... He's taken us on this path where it's like we have to we have to bear his name right. Right. We have to represent him well. Well, he is love. God is love. And, it, well, and yeah, that's and, in this this whole thing right here. We and, get to that. Right. And God never separates us from his love. It's it is us who choose to walk away. That's still that free will of choosing. Right. Right. And and and, and you'll hit it, but about abiding. Yep. Yep. So I don't know if you want to keep on. Yeah, going. I'll um, I'll go verse three and then yeah. I'll read into the next two yeah, after yeah. that. So it says verse three. Already, already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Mm-hmm. So His word cleanses and purifies. Verse four it says, "Abide in me, and I in you." That's that circle that we talked about last time. Correct. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. So meaning you can't do this stuff on your own. You that have means to good do it works Christ. is not going to help you achieve no. Christianity. No. Or holiness or righteousness. No. If you can achieve your own holiness and righteousness. Then what was the point of Christ's sacrifice? Right. Then then why do you need God? Then you spit on the the, the sacrifice of Christ. Yeah. Literally, so, yeah. So there's no works. There's nothing you can do to make you more holy, more righteous than what Christ has already accomplished. Exactly. We just have to now live out what he's accomplished. Yeah. I mean, it's a wonderful analogy, but I, heard this, I think I've said it on the podcast before, but I heard this analogy of, of a pastor saying, you know, Christianity teaches us, you know, that, you know, we sit down and we take the test and Jesus gives us the answers. Right, yeah. But the way it actually is, Jesus pats us on the back and says, all right, get out of the chair, I'll take the test for you. Right, and you'll pass. Because he's taking the test for you. Right. He already did everything for you. All you have to do is say, okay, here's the paper, grade it. So basically, he earned the degree, you now experience the fruits of what the degree offers. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if we can upgrade yeah. the yeah. the analogy a little bit more. Yeah, he so, took he took the classes. He he passed all the tests, but he gives you the degree and in your name in your name. Yeah, yeah. and therefore you live out what he's earned. And, for exactly. You. So that means you don't have to earn it. Yeah, you 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 can't do this on your own. And and this is and I know this challenges a lot of beliefs that we've all been raised up in. But reality, when you're talking about, and we're still all about the kingdom of God. Oh my gosh. You got to understand, this is still about the yeah. kingdom of God. We've never veered off of it, specifically no. in our teachings of Romans. Yeah. If you haven't heard our Romans teachings, you need to backtrack on our podcast and go back to our Romans teaching. But but this is all about the kingdom because yep. the kingdom of God is about his kingdom, not ours. It's we're about bringing him. his kingdom on the earth through us. Right. And we, look, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yep. That means his glory resides in us. We are covering the believers and followers of Christ are covering the earth with his glory right. by existing. So t- so t- think about this for a moment. What is heaven? Heaven is God's dwelling place. Yes. So what does that mean that God dwells within you? you heaven's inside of you. Exactly. Though it can, and where you walk is heaven. Right, but it's it's totally contradicting your upbringing. So this I mean we got to get out of that that mentality of it like has I'm, to be yeah, broken. Yep. The, the the look and I hate to use this analogy, um, Charlie 
in the chocolate factory. We used Willy that last Wonka. Time, last Willy, time, yeah. Willy Wonka, the the original one, but not the Charlie, the yeah, original Willy with Wonka. Gene Walder, yeah. Yes, and here he is. The, uh, Charlie's just won the competition, and he's on the elevator. He says, "You got to hit that button." I never hit that button. He says, "Where does it go?" He says, "Who knows." And so the, when he hit the button, they were going faster, faster. Oh, we got to go faster. We're going to break it. Break what? Who knows? And they finally break the glass roof, yeah. and they're they're surfacing the sky, looking down, flying, flying. And and that's where we have to go. We have to break the shield the glass barrier. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, to go up higher into the unknown places. Because what the church has done, like we've talked about a couple episodes ago, with the fleas. Right. If you if you guys don't remember, they they did an experiment with they put fleas in a jar, and they were able to jump out of the jar. They conditioned them by putting a lid on the jar to only jump as high as the lid of the jar. Right. That is what the church has done. That's what religion has done to the people of the church. That we've they've put a lid right. on this thing and said you can only go so far. What this this now coincides with the passion that's in our heart. No eye have seen, no ear have heard. Yep. So so when if we're going to step into those places, we got to be willing to shatter the limits of where we think we're allowed to go. I mean, think about this. Peter was so secure in his identity in Christ. He knew who he was. Right. That his mere shadow, shadow. healed yes. somebody. He didn't have to do anything. No. He, he, his work never accomplished nothing. He just walked by and God he, did the work. He, he didn't even say anything. Mm-mm. The dude was healed. Just like, by the mere shadow. And and to to have someone say, I wish I have earned that much faith. Mm-mm. You just you need a mustard seed you of You have that much faith. Yeah. You just don't see yourself as having that much faith. You have faith. faith when you receive Jesus in your heart, yeah. and you have faith to believe he lives in you. That means you, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells, dwells, within, dwells within, you. within you. So the same spirit that was in Peter when he raised somebody out of their sickness through just his shadow, that's the same spirit that's within you. So let's bring this more into um, a church tone. Yeah, okay. okay. Because... I got. I got to wait for the preacher to pray for me. I got to wait no. for the pastor to lay hands on me and give me a word of knowledge so I know what God is saying. You're anointed. You're anointed. The person beside of you is anointed. And and, and you don't need the preacher to lay their sloppy hand on you because I won't <laughs> call it as such. Yeah. Because you know we're human beings. And we're going to do things that are mistaken. Uh, yeah. And, and and not that we do it on purpose, but mm-hmm. it happens because we're yeah. human. Yep. We are in need of Jesus like you. Yeah. And so therefore, what better way for someone to touch you than having <laughs> the Christ, Holy Spirit the Holy you. Spirit to touch you? Yeah. We don't need somebody's sloppy hand to lay on us. Nope. We you don't need, need the hand no- of God. You don't need anointing oil to be slapped all over your face. And speak in tongues and then no, throw it on the floor. Nothing, r- nothing wrong I mean, nothing, with all that. Nothing, nothing wrong with it. No. There's a time and a place. Correct. But like, you know, what would happen if like people could just walk through the doors and like healing, healing. If we can truly capture a glimpse of how God sees us, I think church would be different. Yeah. And that's the problem because we have such a stigma against, well, I can't love, I can only love myself so much. What does that, that doesn't make any sense. You know, the Bible says you have to love, which this is, you know, tying in with the whole podcast because it's talk, revolving around love. And Correct. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. The Bible says you have to love your neighbor as you love yourself. How can you successfully love your neighbor if you don't first love yourself with the same capacity that Christ loves you? Example. Okay. Let's, let's tie this with earthly examples. When you're, and I may have said this before in later podcasts. When you have on get on a plane, and those most people have flown in the plane, yeah, and the first thing they tell you is, 
before you can help somebody beside you, you have to help yourself. You have to put the mask on. You make sure you're safe. Then you look to the person beside you and help them. So how are you going to save everybody else? If if you don't first save yourself. Correct. So you got to make sure, and that's not being selfish. That's making, that's making sure you're walking the way you need to walk with the standards of God. Pastor Leon, isn't that idolatry? And aren't you idolizing yourself? If that's the case? No, 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 you're not. not right. That's, a false teaching. Right. That's not humility neither. No, it's when you're not. when you're saying, Well, I gotta deny myself, that's not humility. No. That's not humility. That's just stupidity. Right. And it's not saying that you're sitting there gratifying your flesh and your your fleshly desires. It's saying that you can see the Christ within you. Right. Because Jesus is within you. Right. And if you say that, you know, well, well, I'm worthless and this and that, well, then you're saying that Jesus died for something worthless and therefore you're belittling his sacrifice. And you're demeanoring his vision of how he already sees you. He doesn't see you where you're at. He already sees you where you're at, where you're going to be. He already knows what you're supposed to be. And what happens is we don't allow ourselves to step up in the measures of God. Yeah. We, the the Bible talks about that we go from glory to glory, but the problem is in the church today, and I love the church, I love the body of Christ, but we have stigmas. Oh my gosh. And the problem that we're seeing in the body of Christ today is we're not going from glory to glory because we're too obsessed with what we don't have, what we're missing in our lives, what we haven't achieved, instead of recognizing what God has already achieved and we live out his purpose, not ours. Right. So, so, we're, we're basing upon achievements. We seem to hit this again. We're basing our life upon our own personal achievements. Right. Therefore, we are successful because X, Y, and Z is done. Right. Which you're not. You're the biggest failure when you're living by your own achievements. Because you're living by your own merits. Correct. You're living by your own success. Right. And Does works you do get that? you to heaven? No. No. No, it doesn't. So your achievements are based by your works. Yeah. By what you've achieved, by what you've accomplished, where is God in all this? Exactly. Let's, let's just be real. So, so when you're living out as a follower of Jesus Christ, it is not by your works or your achievements or your accomplishments yeah. that's going to gain brownie points with God. There's no brownie points. There's not. Sorry. You, you loving your enemies, what you're supposed to be doing, not gaining brownie yeah, points. Congratulations, you're actually doing what Jesus did. There we go. <laughs> Turning the other cheek. Well, I didn't like it, but I had to. What do you want, a cookie? <laughs> Ice cream cookie with chocolate chips on the side. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't tempt me now. <laughs> no, but that's that's the thing, man. Like The church has taught this impoverished thinking for right. such a long... But, but the Bible says that you are... Priests and yes. kings, yes. you are a holy nation. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. The Bible says that. Well, why? Why would you contradict the Bible? Exactly. And why would you live uh, uh, beneath the par of God for your life? Well, exactly. Y- and, you, and 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 see, that's the thing that the church doesn't understand. Um, the church doesn't understand this. Like, but because we're talking about living beneath par, and this is a little bit later in our yeah. in our podcast. But I'm going to kind of tie it in because it's because like, I feel God is yeah. Let's do this. Because here's the thing, people think that sin is moral failures. Mm. They think that sin is like, well, I, I did, you know, I said a dirty word today when I smashed my thumb against the thing. <laughs> or like, you know, I, I thought about this purse. You know, 
on the surface, yes, that is technically sin. But but the the Greek word of sin comes from two root words. It's ha martia, and ha is is without, and meros is with it. It means portion, lot, or destiny. So sin means that that you are not living up to the fullest potential that God has placed in your life. Right. What, well, what does that mean? It means when you don't love yourself to the fullest capacity, you're prohibiting yourself from living in the fullest portion that God has allotted to you. So let's 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 bring this to reality with some of our listeners today. But that doesn't mean you're going to go to hell. No. <laughs> yeah. So living up to the potential eh, because we don't feel we are good enough and we don't like what we see in the mirror. We look at ourselves in the mirror. We don't like that we are shaped this way. Yeah. Uh, that we are lacking something in the feature uh, parts of our body or, yep. or, or however, and therefore we don't like what we see. Poor self-image. Poor yeah. self-image. So you, you, what you're doing is, and there's nothing wrong with doing things that make you good, look nice, smell nice, no. you know, appear nice. There's nothing wrong no, with nothing that. nothing wrong with it. It's, it's just the fact as when do we love ourselves the way Christ loves us? Yeah. At some point. Right. You know what I mean? And it's nothing wrong with doing things for yourself to pamper yourself. There's nothing wrong with pampering yourself. But when you feel you look better because... X, Y, and Z. I have to do this so I feel like I'm better. Right. I look better. Right. Then I mean, then the, the perspective's off. Yeah. To be honest I mean, with you. I mean, we live in a very materialistic world, you yeah. know, where, you know, there's an unfair beauty standard on both men and women. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, women are, you know, according to today's standards, are supposed to look a certain way. Men are supposed to have eight pack abs and, you know, size, whatever waistline and, and all this other stuff and, and, and look stuff. like, you know, John Cena or Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. And the so rock. <laughs> the rock. <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, Christ is my only rock, but <laughs> there you go. Solid no, rock. no, but, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, and, and then we judge ourselves harshly harshly according to those said standards. But, like, where does the love come in? Well, we I think we're more harder on ourselves than other people. We're our are. worst critics. And so, therefore, that we gain that poor image of ourselves because yeah. we feel we're not handsome if we're not. We I don't mean, look this even, way. We're not even pretty look if at we it, look this way. Even look at it from this perspective, okay? You can be a handsome person, but... Then your mind starts playing games on you, right? Mm-hmm. Let's take it to an emotional level. Well, I've done this wrong and I've done that wrong. Okay, okay. And then in comes condemnation, right? Which right. Internal from God, not from God. Which then you start disliking yourself because I've done X, Y, and Z wrong. Yeah. Right, right. Well, then how could God ever do this? And how could God ever love me? And how could God ever? And see, that's the enemy trapping you in a place where you are not fulfilling the fullest destiny that God has predestined well, you to achieve. it's your fault you're not healed because if you really truly believe in healing and you believe that God's a healer, then you should, you know, you should do this to get your healing. Well, mm. who's in control then? Right. Who is God? Who is the healer? You or God? Right. And so, you know, these demigods, God has dismantled mm. in the in the body of Christ. And these demigods wants to create themselves as such. But God is constantly dismantling them in this time and era because God, listen, there is a cloud hand of God coming mm. upon this land. Yeah. And most people haven't seen it yet, but this, it looks like a speck in the sky. Yeah. But it's it's rushing across this land. The revival is getting ready to hit this land like it's never hit. And it's not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be done by a man. Mm-mm. It's going to be happening through the body of Christ. Man. Right. Through our children. 
Yep. Where our children lay hands on other people and older people get healed and our older gentlemen uh, disciple younger men to raise them up. You know what I'm saying? Right. These are moments that we're going to see, uh, you know, generations turn back to each other yeah. and love each other well, I mean, and support Jesus, each other. You know, said, come and turn the hearts of fathers to sons and sons to fathers. Correct. Correct. Meaning that's that's you know, reunion, that is that is regeneration, that is restoration of what was broken and lost. Revival is not hiring a name-brand evangelist to come in and preach their classic top five sermons no. that they memorized. No. It's not going around laying hands on people and then being flung out on the, in the spirit, you know, and shaking on the floor. Mm-hmm. It could look like that. It could. But, but what... What would have more impact? Someone laying on the floor shaking or a group of people hugging each other, loving each other with the fullest capacity that Christ loved them, bringing internal healing and restoration to each other. Correct. Revival means to be revived. Because let me tell you, I've been slain in the spirit a handful of times, and I got up the same. Mm -hmm. I I tell you, there was two times in my life that God hit me and I got up, and I'm all, I, I felt different every that time. And there was only two times mm. in my life, and I'm almost 50 in August. I'll be 50. And two times. Now, I've been mm. laid hands on, and I felt God, but there's two times where I knew God touched destiny in me. And, and Which he can do that he through can. a man. He can through, not because of a man. Not because of. He could have done that through a dog. Been, it could have been, <laughs> if he it chose been to. a homeless person could on the side been. of the road. Could have been doesn't have to be somebody special, man. It, it, but it, he just wants a willing vessel. Yeah. And, and and so this is still relating to abiding. Yeah, abiding in him. And, and he he's in us and we are in him. Yes. That's that co-union. That's that reciprocity. Reciprocity. That, We've hit on this circle. before. Yeah. Yep. It's a give and take. I give, he takes, he gives, I take. It's the in him dimension. And, and if we live in the moment of reciprocity, then yeah. nothing's earned. No. Nothing's earned because mm-hmm. reciprocity is giving and giving, giving and giving. You give, God gives. Not because of what you've given, but because just because He wants to give. I, I'm not a poker guy. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I play cards with my family, but I'm not a betting guy. But you know, I, I've had people say, "Well, if you were to bet, this is how you do." So, yeah. You know, we would do peanuts. You know, something stupid. Yeah, like yeah. You know, I raise you three peanuts. Okay, well, I, I, I. I I meet your p- three peanuts and, and I raise it two more. Them, you know, yeah. That's recipro- if you think about it, that's like a right. reciprocity. Give and give and give and give, sense, and give yeah, you, until the pot gets bigger. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the point is this: in a relationship of reciprocity, when you're when you're when you're in God and He's in you, it's a matching. Yeah. You give God gives to match. God right. gives you match right. to what He's given. Right. And you're giving and Which, giving and giving. And, and here's the thing: like you can't do like like we said in verse four, you can't do any of this on your own. That's correct. You can't do it on your own. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branch, and yep. whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. So the only way that we can give to God is when he abides within us. And it's this, it's just, it's this never-ending circle. The circle is complete then. You know what I'm saying? Because you're part of that circle. Okay, I like to actually throw in the message translation sure. here of John 15, maybe 5 and 6. Listen to this. I'm the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant, separated. You can't produce a thing. 
Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown into on the bonfire. And then the the passion the passion translation says this, I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from mm. within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Verse six. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. So I want to I want you to catch this. God doesn't separate you from him. We, we do that. cut ourselves off. And now when we cut ourselves off from the life, you become dead. Yes. As the message says, dead wood. Yes. And so I want you to notice that if you're in him, he's he, and you're not producing fruit, he's not cutting you off. He's, he's propping you up. That's the correct. only way that you get cut off of this thing is if you choose to cut yourself off. You become disjointed from God's body. Right. And, and that's not the purpose of right. the body of Christ. Right. You it's, cut yourself off. It's your call. It's your call it's to, up to, to you to cut yourself off. All right, Pastor Aaron, you posted something the other day on Facebook, and I'm barely on it, but when I do, like a few times I get on, um, you, you you shared something I think your professor had shared. Oh, yeah, Professor Sean Sams. Oh, okay. He's my favorite. Shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I mean— um, so, I mean, this, this talks about fruit and I think it talks about love as well. Correct. It's, it's really, really good. But anyways, um, it's, it's this conversation between a secular person and a Christian person. And, um, you know, the, the, the secular person says, I want to do this. And the Christian says, well, you're free to do it. And the secular person says, but you think that this thing is wrong. And the Christian says, yeah, I do. Secular person says, because you want to control me. Christian says, no, because you're free to do whatever you wish. Christian, um, secular person says, but you think X is wrong. Christian says, yeah, but only because I know what I want, what's best for you. The secular person says, but I want to do X. Christian says, well, you're free to do it. The secular person says, um, but I want you to say that X is good. <laughs> Christian person says, I can't say that. <laughs> so it's this, it's this saying, you know, you know, as a Christian, it's not our job to judge people. Right. It's not our job to cut other people off. They're right. free to do what they want to do. Yep. We have to love them through their process. Right. It's not our job to judge. It's not our job to condemn. It's not our job to throw stones or, or we don't carry the hedge clippers to cut them off. Right. If they want to cut themselves off from God, it's up to them. And, and I and also view that, view that as God and us, conversation from God and us. Yeah. Where God is, God is saying, you know, this is what's better. And we're saying, well, God, you're telling me this is wrong. When No, this is your choice. Yeah. He still gives us the free will to choose what's good and what's not good, though he knows what's better for our lives. Right. God has a plan. He does. He has a purpose. And if we don't seek him, we'll never know the plan and the purpose. We never understand why it's important to stay connected to God and keep him alive in our lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I agree. so this is that vine again. Yeah. Abide in Him and Him abide in us. It's yes. that reciprocity. Yeah. Living it's together. the co-union. Yes. And I love that word. That yeah, co. It's a great word. That co-union. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 apart from Him. If we cut ourselves off, we cannot produce fruit. That's correct. And 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 so we have to understand that you know we are the ones who keep ourselves connected or choose to cut ourselves yep. off. Yep. That's that's what it is. It's not God saying, okay, well, this person's cut off and this person's cut off because that's not the way God is. That's not love. Nope. Everything really that God isn't. does is love. Right. 
he's not going to cut somebody off for making a poor choice. They they cut themselves off from God. So then I want to. That's something I just so want to stress. But what about God? Uh, God's judgment. You know, when you're sinning against God, and you're you're going to be exposed to His wrath. Mm, false. Why? It's not his wrath that you're exposed to. It's your own stupidity and your own consequences to your own actions. Mm. Look at David for a moment. When he, um, when he raped Bathsheba, because that's what it was, um, his consequences were child out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. And so he tried to cover it up, Yep. and, and he killed, um, I believe it was Uriah the Hittite. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and so... It was his own consequences to his own actions. God is not going to sit there and say, well, you know, because you did this, I'm going to do that. That's karma. Right. I mean, there, there's no such thing as there's karma. There's no such thing as karma. If, if, if so, then let's switch to Hinduism yeah. or Buddhism. Then why do you need God? Then why do you need God? God's not a God of karma. He's right. a God of love, and he's a God that gives. Correct. So he he's not... The only thing that's going to happen is you're going to cut yourself off. You're going to wander away. Correct. And when you're ready, he's going to come find you. God is love. He's the epitome of what love is. And he doesn't do karma. And he's not going to throw you away and cut you off. He's going to hold you up. Yes. And that's that's the concept we're trying to drill into your heart. And the only way he's not going to hold you up is if you choose to cut, cut yourself, yourself off from all of this stuff. His goal is to restore the mm. broken, the wounded, yeah. the hurt. The branch that I mean, is that has been battered by the wind, he's going to position you to receive nutrient and the sunlight and the care needed. I mean, think about this for a moment. I mean, if those of you who have seen like medieval movies about like knights and stuff or read books, um, there behind the battle line, there's a tent of healing, mm-hmm. where where the where the um, they would have physicians that they would take from their towns and and bring under these tent to to heal the wounded soldiers. Uh, and and just like that, you know, God has a tent of healing behind his battle line. Mm. It's your choice whether to enter into that tent or not. Correct. And if you don't enter into that tent, you cut yourself off from the healing, from the repositioning and everything. Well, that's why I feel no matter what people are saying, God, this, God, this is God's judgment across America. No, no God, God's, judgment. God's judgment is to heal America. Yes. And if he had, listen, and, and I've preached this, I've just preached this. Okay. So what's, what happens is God will use the enemy to bring his divine plan yeah. on purpose mm. so that you cry out to God for deliverance and for healing. It's about that's then if that's not the case, then why Second Chronicles seven fourteen ever exist? Right. If there's a healing in the land that has to happen, there has to be a cry. A for crying God. out. That's the sound. Remember the pirate movie yeah, brought the out. Of the Caribbean. Yeah. The, the sound has oh, to happen. So good. It's all coming together. Yeah. The sound has to happen in order to release the healing. Yeah. And look, well, the president needs to repent. The congressman people need to repent. No, the church needs the to church, be repenting. Yeah. Yep. And what God spoke to my spirit was judgment starts in the house of God first, but so does the healing. Yeah. Healing starts in God's house first as well. Right. And judgment is not what you think. It is God, and this is from an, another pastor, and I love this yes, analogy, I man. Yeah, yeah. And and so like he was he was saying, you know, he was in the hospital with this with this girl who had like throat cancer. Yeah. And he's like, man, I wish I could just go in there and just take it Rip out. Rip it right out. Rip it out myself. Mm-hmm. And God's like, that's my judgment. Yeah. 
It's me going in and ripping the cancer out of the situation. Defying the sin and the enemy that's coming against God's purpose and plan. Yes. I like the analogy he said. He said that, you know, if Jesus calmed the storm, that means God didn't send it. Yeah. Yep. Think about that. Yeah. So if so if there's there so that means there are in, the enemy does provide things in your life that God never brought, brought. but he uses but to he perform his the, glory. Mm, yeah. That he gets the glory out of it. Yep. And so so but nothing comes under out of God's reach and understanding. God doesn't not doesn't not know that the storm is coming. He knows right. the storm is coming, but he knows that he, how he can get glory out of it. Right. You just have to follow that right path. And so this is that abiding, the reciprocity. This is where we are. This is where we're at as a believer, as the body of Christ. Yeah. We are in union. He's in us. We are in him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where our time is, but we may have to We should be fine. We, we should, should be fine. Yeah. But, but, but this is that, the branch, we are an outreach, branches. We are an outreach yeah. of God. He uses our hands, our feet, our mouth, yeah. our eyes and ears, our mind and our heart. Uh, through our spirit, he reaches out through us to yeah. people who are also in need. To produce fruit. Now, right. what, what is what is that fruit? Well, let's look here for a moment. Um, so it says, verse 6, says, If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away. We've already read that. Verse 7, If you abide in me and my word abides in you, whatever you ask and you wish, it will be done for you. Verse 8, By this my Father is glorified. By what? That you may be bear much fruit, so you prove my disciples. Okay. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 13. The greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. So what is the fruit? The only fruit is love. Mm -hmm. If you look at the the word translation for love, it's agape, which means a self-sacrificial love, giving to people self-sacrificially, right? And so we look at Galatians and we see the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But that's that the translation there is a little a little shoddy. The fruit doesn't say the fruits of the spirit. It says but the singular the, the singular fruit of the spirit is what? Love. Love. And then with it comes joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Love produces all of that stuff. Love covers the multitude of sins. Yes, love keeps no records of wrongs. Love gives. It's you're, you. You look, and 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 we spoke about this last podcast. How someone in our church was, you know, reaching out to someone on their job as passing through, and they just love that person as is. Yeah. And and when we get to the fact that we are the branch of God, and He is love, therefore we should be in love. Yes. We should love people. Yes. As well as love God. You know, He says, "Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say?" Mm. You know. So if if this is what He is saying. And this is what he's telling us to do and become. Yeah. And we're not doing them. Then we're not a follower. Yeah. Because we're not obeying his words, not the denomination words, not someone of our mentor words, yeah. not of our pastor's word, but God's word. Yeah. 
His words. Yep. Fruit fruit is not, oh, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Or let's say this. and that. No, the fruit is love. Mm-hmm. A love that does not, does not um, point back to ourselves to get our, for us to get credit. It's a love that sacrifices yep. us mm-hmm. to push people forward. And that's what we have to understand, I think, is that, 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 you know, Christ had that self-giving love. Right. And so we must have that self-giving love. Well, let's listen to love real quick. And we started kind of touching on it, 1 Corinthians 13. Can I add that? Yeah, go ahead. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, does not boast, Boast, is not proud, does not dishonor others, is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Love, it always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. It never fails. And he talks about when there's prophecy, they will cease. When there tongues, are tongues, they will be still. When there is knowledge, it would pass away. For we know in part and we will prophesy in part, but when completeness comes... Mm. What was part disappears. And he talks about acting like a child. Yeah. And you have to put away childish things. But he talks about now these three remain uh, faith, faith, hope, and love. love. But the greatest of these is love. love. Wait, it's not faith? Hmm. Hmm. And it's not hope? Hmm. But love? Love. Interesting. Very interesting. Very simple. Very simple. That, that well, you know, well, you know, I I, I was at church and I saw how that that lady treated her kid and there's no way I man, man that person you know really think about it are you loving them Mm-mm. I mean you just talked about I think the last podcast how even the very breath breathes yeah. out the name of God Yahweh yeah. so you're 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 blowing out cursings you're not loving your fellow no. brother you're actually carrying a murdering spirit by your demeaning by your act words by your actions yes. you're killing you're killing somebody the bible says thou shalt not kill right and you know jesus said if you even look on somebody with anger you've committed murder in your heart well, he also said, "Thou shalt have no other gods before you." But what happens is we put religion before God, and we think that loving ourselves is an idolatry. But guess what? When you sit there and talk bad about other people, that is true idolatry mm-hmm. because you're idolizing yeah. the gossip. Yeah, and you're entertaining it. Now, oh, well, I haven't said anything bad, but you sure did put thumbs up on Facebook. Oof! Or you shared that status. Mm-hmm. You said the certain phrase with certain words in it that you know is going to trigger people. Mm-hmm. You're intentionally sowing seeds of discourse. Yep. Who does On that purpose. sound like? On purpose. Who does that sound like? I think there's a parable that Jesus talks about where, you know, the sower sowed things and then there came a thief behind him and sowed seeds seeds to um, of weeds to, ten, mm-hmm. to strangle out. Yep. That's seeds of discourse. Right. Are you sowing those seeds? Correct. And so we have to look and understand that, oh my gosh, you know, we have to operate in love. And and, and, and see, and here's how this is going to tie into the last part, I think, because we are not talking to the world. We're talking to religion. Right. Because Jesus is against religion. He always bucked religion. That's yeah. why, you know, I spoke about this privately. That's why... Jesus was being condemned. He was condemned by religion. Yeah, who set Jesus to death? It wasn't Pilate. Mm-mm. 
Pilate was trying to wash his hands of it. He was trying to stop it. Yeah, it was the religious leaders that pursued after it. They actually. It wasn't the Samaritans. It wasn't the non-Jewish people. They wanted to free a criminal. (laughs) The Pharisees started the chant, "Free Barabbas." They wanted to free the criminal. They thought the criminal had more rights than God, the Son of God. Which goes into, and I'll, I'll go ahead and read into this next yeah, part. Yeah. So it says, "If you're my, you are my friends, and if I and and if you do what I command you, no longer will I call you servants, because servants do not know what the master is doing. I've called you friends for all. Have you have heard from my father and have made known to you? You did not choose me; I chose you and appointed you that you should bear bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask in my father's name, I he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that way you will love another. Whoa, I love, love. Hmm. There's love again. If the world hates you, know that it is hated me. That it hated me before it hated you. Right. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Mm -hmm. But because you are not of this world, but I choose you, Mm. I chose you out of this world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not granted to his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep your word. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. Who is the world? It's not the Samaritans. Mm -mm. It's not the Jewish people. Mm -mm. It's not the people that are from the Gerasenes or it's the religious leaders. Yep. And they're the ones that are bucking the move. Who persecuted Jesus? The religious leaders. Who were selling the dove in the temple. The religious leaders. They had it all set up. And and that's so metaphoric when it comes to, and symbolic, when it comes to releasing the Holy Spirit in the church. It's all boxed in and, the, and, and gated in, controlled. Yes. And, and, and look, we, we need the freedom of the Holy Spirit to move mm. in our services, in our lives, within our children, within our marriages. It, you cannot survive without the Holy Spirit. I mean, right. you, can, you can live without him, but you need the Holy Spirit. Right. And see, that's that's something that, that, that I think the church has gotten mixed up here for a little bit. That, you know, the world's going to persecute you and persecution's going to come from the government. And it's going to come from this. No, persecution is going to come from religious leaders against people who are actually following Jesus and Jesus' commands and his words. Yep. We've seen it from time and time and time again, how the church is like a piranha. I and mean, they look, eat their own. You can go on YouTube and find hundreds of thousands of videos of Christians bashing pastors, pausing their videos in inappropriate moments, and and call and saying this is that and the other, and this is contra- wrong and that's wrong. Dude, that is a Pharisee. That's what the Pharisees did with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Had they had videos on YouTube back then, I can assure you. Well, I'm just being analytical, and that's just who I am, really. No, you don't have to be you're that. Not way. being analytical. You don't have to be that way. Is that love? No. When you're nitpicking and say, my calling is to go and correct the pastors. I know people like that. Yeah. And and even when I grew up down south, I knew people like that. Yeah. People I loved, they were doing that. And I'm thinking, how is that biblical? Where does it say that in the Bible? Where does it say that in the Bible? You're supposed to go in and correct the pastors and tell them what they're doing wrong. My, last time you I checked, you're supposed to submit to those who are over you in the Lord. You ain't Nathaniel, ain't King David. <laughs> I don't know who you think you is, but right, right. <laughs> no, I mean, but I mean, look at this. Like the, the persecution of the end days is not going to come from the government. It's going to come from within the religious structure against God's church, because 
the church has to be willing to follow. Religion can't handle what Jesus is doing. The world can handle it. Yeah. Jesus came to save the world, not religion. The world's more open-minded than religious people. Yeah. And I love people. And I love who I love every part of a person and their backgrounds and who what makes them who they are, uh, you know. And there's some has been not nice, to, yeah. You know, to me and various things to you and to the church itself. But doesn't mean we hate people. No, we love them. We love them. We don't hold nothing against no. people. But what we are um, strongly standing for is God's people to love each other. Yes. You know, and, and if we learn to love each other, look past our differences, our faults, our failures, our mishaps, misspoken things, and just love people, th- then we, we will see the greatest move of God that ever hit the That's when earth. revival is going to strike. Yeah. That's what I think wholeheartedly. Well, bless God, the world hates me. Well, well um, the world's not supposed no, to hate you. The church is really supposed to hate you. I mean, religion is supposed to hate you. And like that's 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 just my biggest my biggest thing that, you know, God's revealed to me. It's like who killed the prophets mm. of the Old Testament? Who killed the pro- religious leaders? Who killed Jesus? Religious leaders. Who led the killing of the disciples? Religious leaders. And that's what we have to understand. And so that that's I mean that that I know that kind of crosses so many. Um, oh my God, we're uh, gonna probably get emails out of this. Uh, one. Probably, but it's okay. I mean, it's the truth. Well, think about it. the The word "world" uh, it's, it's translated as cosmos. Cosmos, yes. Yeah. So so it's it's a harmonious arrangement, constitution or order of government. Uh, you know, it's it's the circle of the earth, the yeah. inhabitants of the earth. In human family, so so you're dealing with worldly affairs. You're dealing with things that are worldly, and so if you're saying that the church is the world, which the world is the world, then if the church is acting like the world, then they're the ones that are after us. Mm-hmm. Well, us not particularly, but well, the body probably us in the future. Well, <laughs> maybe I don't know. We, we'll probably have videos made about <laughs> us one day. Listen to these guys. <laughs> 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 no, but um, but yeah, I mean, like, but like, just think logically for a moment. Like, you know, who? I, like I said, it. Who killed the prophets? Religion, religious mm-hmm. people. That's the Old Testament. Who killed Jesus? The disciples, religious people. Who led the killing of Christians? Paul did. Who was Paul at the beginning? A religious leader. That's going to blow people's minds. I tell you, that blew my mind when God revealed it to me. But um, we're just going to continue, continue reading at this, this point because... Um, but think about this. Let's pause this. Let's bring up Paul one more time. Yeah, I know we, go ahead. we pressed for time, but here he was before his conversion. He was Saul before Paul. Yeah. And he was doing... Leading quote, the unquote, persecution. Yep, the Lord's Christians. work. Yeah, but yep, yep. You know, he, what he entitled it as. Yep. He was raised to become this. He is this. He has a position in the church. He's doing, quote-unquote, God's work. And here he is persecuting the followers of Christ. Not Christians, mm. the followers the of followers Christ. The followers of Christ. And he was out to kill them. Mm. He was killing them. He was stoning them. He was, he was doing all kinds of things. Yeah. Until he met the true light of mm. life. That, you know what I'm saying? So therefore, he was saved from his own religion. Yeah. If you want to... Look at I him mean, that aspect. That's so he saw true. the light, <laughs> literally, you know? literally on the road to Damascus. He did no more in darkness. Yeah. Says. 
so so he so 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 this is how we are to translate our own philosophies of blindness because of religion. Yeah. We're blinded. We we cannot see. Yeah. And when he finally saw the light, everything else had to become dark. Yep. Scales came over his eyes, which revealed how he truly was spiritually. Yeah, and inwardness. And then up. what happened? God spoke to a person to go pray first of all. Which they were kind of concerned. You, are you serious? You know, that's the guy that's killing people, right? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to have obedience. He had to have that self-sacrificial love. Obey God. Obey love God. Love people, love God, love people. Yep, yep. And so he went and prayed for Paul, and what happened? The scales fell off, and Paul was baptized into the church. And he just sparked revival Yeah. everywhere he went. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Yes. He he, God was using him because God. That's how. But I mean, God dude, wants to if, use everybody. if he can kill that many Christian, I mean, that many followers of Jesus, and then God still uses him. What, Come on, dude, he can use you. So you haven't done anything too bad, right? <laughs> right, that's true. So, I don't know. I don't know. I know. We're getting kind of pressure for time. I'm going to yeah. kind of finalize this here. All right. Um, it says, um, verse 22. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of their sin, which we know what sin is. It's hamartia, without mm-hmm. merits, without without lot or portion. Um, they have no excuse for being without their lot or portion. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not have been guilty mm-hmm. of their. They're not having their lot of portion, not sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. Verse 26. But when the helper comes, who's the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness, which that's hearkening back to the first couple chapters of people experiencing and bearing witness to who Jesus is. He will bear witness about me. Verse 27. And you will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Mm. That's the end of that chapter. And so I know we talked about a lot of stuff today. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah, we did. And a very, very short amount of time. Um, but I'm I'm telling you what, I mean, God God wants to do something amazing. He wants to do something spectacular, and we just have to be willing to be attached to the vine, allow ourselves to be repositioned mm. to how He wants us to be. Uh, that way, we can produce fruit. And what is fruit? It's love. Yeah, it's love, not fruits. Not fruits. It is but fruit. Fruit, singular fruit. What is that fruit? It's love. And guess what? When that happens, there's going to be some religion getting in the way and people talking crap about you. That's just what it is. But we have to overlook that because if Jesus was able to love and was persecuted for his love by the religious structure, you know, it's going to happen to us as well. But um, yeah, so stay attached to that vine no matter what you do. Stay attached to him because he is the true vine and you're the only one that can cut yourself off from that. We want to thank you for tuning into Calvary's Compass today. We've enjoyed this podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it too. If you like what you heard, share us on Facebook and anywhere that you have social media. Um, If you like what you heard also, you can download our app, Mount Calvary Church of God on any app store. Go like us on Facebook. Go check out our website, mountcalvarycog.com. If you have any questions or hate mail, you can email us at mountcalvarycog at gmail.com. God bless. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Love you. See you.